Welcome to the Limitless Life Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Smith, and with me today is Gino Regano, men's development coach, helping men unlock their masculinity, the founder of the Sophisticated Man YouTube channel. Gino, my man, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And before we get into uh, getting into masculinity and talking about all that kind of good stuff, I just want to uh, say straight up, like the the work that you've been putting in in this last year has been awesome. Um, I think that there are a solid chunk of men that need leaders to be able to kind of like spur them out of their uh, to to spur them into action. And I think that mm-hmm. the more leaders, the more people that we have to work off of to encourage us to do better, to do more, uh, especially through example, I think that that is something that uh, is unmis- undeniable. You cannot deny, you cannot, you cannot fake hard work and work ethic. And through your YouTube videos, The Sophisticated Man, which... Honestly, it was your name that got it. It was that was that's what sold me. I was like, that's awesome. But I think something that you're bringing to the table is um, just a different perspective of what uh, masculinity is, because people are always talking about toxic masculinity. I mean, you're bringing like you're bringing like a nice like dapper. You're bringing a dapperness to masculinity with a nice combination of like humor because your posts on Instagram are actually freaking hilarious. It's like you're talking to your lesser self and your higher self. And I right. fucking love that. <laughs> and I just I just want to acknowledge the fact that you're doing things, you're doing something that some people can could possibly view as enabling toxic masculinity because you're supporting masculinity. But I, mm. I, I, I do, I don't think that that's the case at all. Like seeing what you're doing and the, uh, and the testimonials that you've been posting as well, you're helping people do more than they believe. And you're helping men understand that it's okay to feel the way that they feel. And they don't have to listen to the narrative of the stories of people that are just shitting on men nowadays. So I just wanted to say, like, I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing. And I think what you're doing is is going to be able to help so many people in the long run. And I don't mean just for men. I mean, like those men that are going into those relationships that have families that become leaders in their family. So I think that that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to acknowledge you for that. And I just wanted to tell you that you're awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I, I deeply do appreciate that. And uh, likewise too, I think what you're doing is great as well. You know, I love your post. I think you have a good spin on, um, fitness and just like overall life philosophy, you know, stuff is great. And, um, I wanted to kind of touch on real quick, just what you said at the last piece of it, even though I do talk about masculinity, which is obviously if you look at my channel for more than a second, you can pick that up. But uh, like you said, it, it does cascade over into much deeper things than just helping men. I mean, it is, that is my focus, but those men obviously eventually start families. They have relationships, they have girlfriends, they have sisters, mothers, whoever, you know, they're sons to some people as well. So it does bleed over into everything, mainly relationships, fulfilling relationships that you build with people. So I'm a big believer that if you help one person, you help thousands of people. So that's kind of how the, the basis of the, of the coaching is. I think that's awesome. It's going from the macro point of view, like the 10,000 foot view to like the individual. Yeah. So it's instead of focusing on what 
society needs to change. It's actually what can the individual change? And I, I personally believe that when we change as an individual, it then betters society. I think uh, yeah. too many folks are working from the society backwards rather than from the foundation being the individuals up. Mm -hmm. Because when we can build people yeah. up, then life is just better. So mm -hmm. what, what's your origin story, man? Like why, where, what's your superhero origin story? Let's just go with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my origin story really was um, kind of taking it way back, honestly, back when I was really young. Um, so growing up, I was quote unquote more like the mama's boy. You know, I always kind of came to my mom with issues, with problems, or you know, she would always kind of be there for me if I needed anything. And my dad was in the picture; like we have a great relationship now. But back then, it wasn't like he kind of gave me a lot of guidance, especially when it came to being a man figuring out like, Hey son, this is how you talk to women. This is how you get confident. This is how you, you know, be disciplined and all stuff like that. It was a very hands-off approach. I said, I should describe like he was there, but not like there to like really kind of rear me. And, um, so that kind of led to me feeling really insecure growing up, like not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Didn't have really strong direction. Never really felt like a man quote unquote for like a long period of time. And I think ultimately that led into me looking for that masculine guidance, that example, um, even at a young age, you know, I would look at YouTube channels like Alpha M. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. You know, uh, I would look up channels like Corey Wayne. He's a dating coach. Um, guys like that. I would just like draw. I would, I'd be drawn to them because they had, you know, some really grounded takes about what a man was, how to show up in relationships, how to be confident, all these different things. And at a, young, at a young age, I started just like to take that stuff in. And somewhere around, I'd say my college years, I got into like, you'd say my first like serious relationship, but it wasn't really like a serious relationship. It was one of those things that, you know, it was more or less just kind of, we were just really in a weird place, both of us individually, but we just happened to, to make something happen. You know, long story short, you know, we didn't really end up working out. Um, shocker. And, uh, we, we, I had a really interesting situation where I was cutting off like toxic friends that was happening, getting broken up with, with this girl, I had to get back surgery. Um, I was failing a class in school. I didn't know what I want, wanted to do with my major moving forward. So I was kind of at a crossroads. I had to do a lot of reflecting. And that's when I went back to some of those, those channels that I had discovered when I was younger. And I was like, damn, like, what is masculinity all about? Like, I started to really come back to that word like a hundred times over. And it was like really starting to, to like, to like get, get me uh, mentally thinking about what is that? So I did some more research, found a lot more videos, just like took a deep dive into that content. And then um, just started doing the work, honestly, just started like putting the work in, in myself and realizing what it meant to me, like kind of starting to create that own, def my own definition of that, of that. And just found what coaching was all about too. Didn't know a lot about self-improvement. Didn't know a lot about coaching. And I enrolled into a coaching program in my school in the city. Got certified within nine months. And then decided to start my own business in 2018, which is where I came up with the brand name, uh, The Sophisticated Man, which is really that exactly what you described earlier, kind of just helping men tap into their masculinity, but doing it in a way that's healthy, in a way that's balanced, in a way that isn't just oh like men are amazing alpha like beat my chest and like completely like one up women in every way that's not what my my brand is about um 
but I do, I do like to put that in there. Cause like it's, I am addressing, uh, men kind of getting to that point, but it's not so they can like feel better than women. It's just so we can serve themselves and then ultimately serve, you know, their future relationships and people around them. So in a nutshell, that's kind of my story. I know that was a little, little long winded, but, um, there's a lot in there. There's a lot I think that happened, uh, for me to get to this point, but, um, it's a little backstory. I think it's great. So why, why masculinity? So Mm. out out of all the things like where, where is it that, uh, you think what, what is masculinity to you first? Let's go with that. Sure. So to me, masculinity is really when a man starts accepting certain responsibilities in his life, you know, when he gets to the point of just maturity and, you know, he feels like he's taking on different things, whether that's could be a family, it could be a business, could be is responsible for his own health. Like he's trying to get in really great shape or, you know, he's really leveling up his, his career. He's trying to, he's trying to make something of himself. So to me, masculinity comes down to um, having that responsibility as a man, like finding things that you're building. What are you working towards? What is your objective? What is your, you know, your mission in life? And to me, that's what it's all about is, is having that, that purpose driven life, you know, being able to create something, build something that's fulfilling, that can, that can serve uh, communities. It could serve culture. It could serve uh, individuals, you know? So it's a lot of, it's just, I think, uh, um, being able to, to create and build something that other people can then, um, prosper from. Nice. Yeah. I think, uh, I think something I heard, uh, Bader's Coolian say once, or he kind of compared it like, or I, I think of this it this way, at least is like men are like dogs when we don't have something to work on. Yeah. Then we work on destruction. Exactly. If we're not creating, we're destroying. It's like, yep. I can find, I find when I have the least amount of goals or uh, even daily activities for me to progress, yep. the less things I have to do in a day or the, yeah, the less things I have to do in a day, the more frustrated and flustered and not irritable, but pretty darn close I get. And it's like that itch. It's like mm-hmm. an itch where you just want to like do something and something yeah. and more often than not people like I could say it for myself. Like if I was, if I was bored, which is just a way of me not doing the things to get to where I want to go. Uh, it would just go to the bar. I would just be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess I can go to the bar. Yeah. Like simple, simple as that. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it goes from those creative things and it was, it's easy to justify doing something that you want to do as well. <clears throat> but I think, um, when we when we're not working towards creating or something like bigger, then mm-hmm. there's that opportunity for uh, self destruction. Those negative narratives to like seep in, and with with negative narratives, like how is it that you coach uh, your guys on those negatives, like that negative talk, the negative narratives? Like how did you mm-hmm. yourself? Uh, how do you handle them? Because I know that never stops. Like with new levels come new devils and there's always going to be negatives and narratives and comparison syndrome at all points in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that's interesting that people don't ever uh, recognize is they see folks that are on a, like they're crushing it, hide them to high, hold them to high regards on a pedestal. But in reality, they have their own problems as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but for those negative, negative narratives and the negative talk, like go into that, like how, how do you, how do you coach folks through that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So through, through negative self-talk, generally I, I try to frame it to where they, they kind of change that voice. It's not change it, but just pay attention to a different voice inside of them. So obviously that voice right there, the voice that's telling them, Hey, stay asleep. Like it's comfortable. Don't get out of bed. Like, yeah, maybe another more, maybe another two minutes, or let me eat that extra slice of pizza that I shouldn't have eaten. Or let me go, you know, let me go to the bar, hang out with my friends because, you know, I'm bored and it's a Saturday night. There's nothing else to do. You know, that voice is always going to be pretty loud because it's, it's being comfortable. You know, it's, it's following your pleasures, your, your desires. Right. And, you know, that's what I kind of want to call the, the inner bitch voice. It's kind of letting you be this, this lower version of yourself when you know that you want something else. So I tell people to, to pay attention more to that inner champion or that higher self that's inside because we all have both. I think that's a dichotomy that, that exists in everybody. We, we have that voice that tells us no, 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 but we also have that voice that tells us yes, 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 and do, and do more and be better. So I help guys try to figure out how to pay attention to that voice more because it is there. And it's just understanding how to tap into it and how to, how to get that guy to almost shove the other one out the way a little bit and just be like, Hey, like quiet down. I got it from here. I appreciate it, but let's let, you know, let's move forward with, with what we're going to do here. So I think that that's some, even that just acknowledging that you have both is sometimes a breakthrough for some people because they don't even realize like, Oh shit, I, I actually have this within me, you know? So that's that on its own could even be transformative. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, so funny. I, cause I think, I think when, I think the benefit to having a coach for a duration of time is that you get to learn how to coach yourself <laughs> for sure. And I think that's what a lot of folks, uh, are missing is the ability to coach themselves or at least to call them. Cause it's, it's funny because we can bullshit everyone else, but we can't bullshit ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we always know whether consciously or subconsciously, that we are not acting congruently with what we want. And I think yeah. that that leads to a lot of, uh, a lot of um, issues. It's kind of like, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it like as, as a, I'm going to define this one as well, but there's, there's a very big difference between circumstantial depression and a genetic predisposition to depression. Mm-hmm. And people believe that because they feel depression or a bout of depression, that that is their life forever and they are suffering for it for life. Right. Um, but I think folks forget that there is just circumstantial depression. It's like, it's, are you, are you too depressed to do anything or you do are, or are you depressed from not doing anything? Mm-hmm. So I, what, what do you think of that? Do you think, is it in inactivity, like just in general, not just physical activity, but the activity or the pursuit of something more. Do you think it's when people do not have that, that the depression kitty, if you watched, uh, if you watched big mouth, when the depression kitty comes in, do you think that that's where it really comes in? I definitely think that's a massive factor. You know, I, I think everyone has different levels of that. I I honestly believe like everyone has depression. It's not, it's not, I am stuck there. It's like right now I'm experiencing depression. It's not, I have this for life. So with that, I, I agree with you. I think honestly, you know, when you're, 
when you're you're kind of just in in the routine of like doing something you don't like or you're in a situation that's uncomfortable or you know maybe you're not making the money you want to make maybe you're not in the career you you want to be in maybe you're not in the relationship you want to be in that can that can lead to just more like uh inactivity and just feeling hopeless and just like you 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 kind of go into the negative loop of of bad habits maybe you start watching some pornography start spending money on things you shouldn't be spending them on and like you just kind of overindulge yourself to try to get that feel good chemical to just to try to to counterbalance that feeling so you try to hit some dopamine um and really that's what happens is like when our bodies are in that state like Motion follows uh, emotion or emotion follows motions. One of those two, I forget what the exact quote was, but if you're sitting down all day long, for example, if you don't move your body physically and you're sitting and your head's down and your shoulders are shrugged and you're, you're always constantly in this position of, of being low, well, your body's going to consciously think I must be sad right now because I'm not moving. My body is like this. So that's must, this must be how I'm feeling. But if you were to open up your body and get outside, for example, be in the sunlight, like go for a walk, go work out, get an exercise in, you're going to get those chemicals that are, they're producing more, you know, feel good chemicals. You're going to feel more positive about yourself because you're going to think I must be in a good mood because I'm moving around. I'm walking. My head's held high. I feel confident. So there's, there's a lot to be said about that. Just like, uh, I don't even know what would be called that somatic psycho connection that happens between your brain and your body when yeah. you're literally not moving yourself. So it, it does feed into that hundred percent. I like, uh, I like something that Robbins, Tony Robbins says is uh, change the state, change the strategy. Yeah. When you're, exactly. when you're in a shit state, then go move, go for a, a walk is easily. It's so funny. I, I say like, go for a walk and it's something so simple, but so many people are so hesitant to do it because they don't like it. Yeah. And yeah, it's exactly. interesting because the very thing that people oftentimes don't want to do, if even if it's as simple as a walk, mm -hmm. yeah, oftentimes the things that people don't want to do is the key to changing how they currently feel, which it, it was just so crazy. But um, yeah, changing the state, changing the strategy. I there is definitely like a mind body connection. Like the mind influences the body, the body influences the mind. It's a two way mm -hmm. street. And it's not one or the other. It's mm. I look at it like an like a infinity sign or like an eight. Yeah. Like those, it's just the way it's like going consistently. And it's kind of similar to like our internal, our internal dialogue. <clears throat> we are gonna behave in conjunction with how we think. Yeah. And I think that uh when we can change when we have that narrative that's just a smidge better, or when we can catch ourselves and reframe particular narrative like oh i can't do that yet like we cannot undervalue the uh the addition of the word yet because we mm -hmm. just may we may not have the particular skills or abilities at this time but we can learn those over time and then that that is where we get to where we want to go so sure. i i think that's i think it's pretty cool to be able to do that so Something, something I think that's really interesting that I have a that I have a theory on uh, that I think would be kind of cool to chat with you about is rites of passages, and mm. I think I think uh, there's a cool there's a cool show that I that I've heard of I didn't watch it but the concept of it I really enjoyed, and it was this dude he was a journalist I think in Australia, 
And there was another, there's another guy, uh, Michael Easter. He wrote the comfort crisis. Awesome book. Mm. Uh, it talks about his own journey, but basically this guy, he was working, 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 working. And then he thought to himself, he's like watching all these dudes that are doing really cool things. And he started questioning whether he was a man. And I think most, I think most dudes and definitely only going to speak on behalf of dudes on this one for myself, at least, uh, is I think, I think the thing that a lot of Western culture is missing is some form of rite of passage. So what this guy did yeah. is he questioned whether or not he was a man. So what he decided to do was make a, a video series. It was like six episodes and each episode was a different rite of passage from a different culture. Mm. So one of the things that he would do, he would go to Mongolia, ride a horse and then teach a uh, Eagle how to go hunt. So he would be with this nomadic tribe that'd be going along with elk and then they killed the elk and then he drank the blood kind of thing. Pretty, pretty liver King style. Mm. But this is like, this is like nowadays, right? So yeah. he's like it, it's super, super cool. So he decided to do six different rites of passages so that he could actually, uh, like there was an indicator. There was a, there was a proper transition from boy to man. And yeah. for myself, I had one very similar and it was the, 2016 world's toughest mutter. I just had my mm. bib over there. So I looked, but, uh, it was the 2016 world's toughest mutter. It was a 24 hour race, 40 military obstacles. And it was as many rounds as possible in those 24 hours. And it was like eight miles. Mm. And so that was the most I've ever pushed the body. Cause I believe that we have to break down the body to build up the mind mm -hmm. because when we break down that body, then not in like a crazy way, of course, but when we're really going through something that's difficult, that's physically difficult, it gives our mind an opportunity to actually create a new base level where we're actually at like a meditative state. It's like that runner's high, but think of it for a longer duration. And 24 hours is a damn long time. And I was just going, I was in my head most of the time because I was the only person that was out at some points. And it was like midnight and it was craziness. <laughs> but after that, I noticed a very big difference in um just how i went about things and i think it was because i had that difficulty and i think that there's very we may think that there's problems or stressors in our life but i don't think we really have that big of like stressors and i definitely don't think that we have a rite of passage in uh western society at least the the best thing that we have for a rite of passage for men is how many fireball shots can you handle on your 18th birthday or 21st if you're literally <laughs> like that's it that's yeah. it and that's like I, in my personal opinion is an absolute shit marker of boyhood to manhood mm. women have it naturally yep right women know going from girl to woman mm -hmm. guys we're just like doop -da -doop -da -doo. and i think like due to a lack of a rite of passage where we actually do do something difficult, like a Masogi where, where it's a Japanese thing where it's something that's difficult, but won't kill us, but it's mm -hmm. going to be very difficult for us at our current time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I think um, by us choosing a rite of passage, it helps, but I think that's a reason why you have a lot of like, like man children in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and they're still behaving as if they're 16. Mm -hmm. And what what do you think of that? Do you think a rite of passage is, is something that's good? What what do you think overall? Oh man. So I'm I'm so glad you bring this subject up because it's 
something that I think is heavily, heavily undervalued today in, in modern society. You know, I was reading, um, it, I think it was a story about this ancient African tribe that might still be around. I'm not sure exactly, but th their rites of passage um, was pretty extreme as well. Like they would take the boys from the villages at like 13 years old, put a bag over their head, tie them up middle of the night, take them off, like take them out of their homes and put them in the middle of a jungle. And when they're in the jungle, next day they wake up, they would untie them, put they put their their hand in these like mitts covered in fire ants and they have to sit there and endure this these ants biting their hands up for like maybe 24 hours like maybe a whole day's worth of just just torturing their like their hands and if they could do that if they could sit there and endure the pain and go through the motions and like still manage to like sit strong then they're basically considered you know a man after that so I think today there's nothing. I mean, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. There's nothing like that today in Western culture. I mean, very few. I mean, the only thing I can think of that is remotely close to any kind of initiation for men is in like Jewish culture. There's like a bar mitzvah. So like you're 13 years old. I'm not exactly sure of the customs. I'm not Jewish, but that's the closest thing I know of. That's anything like that. Um, women is very easy. You, you get your period, boom, officially you're a woman, like congratulations, you could bear children. And this is, you know, they kind of, it, it happens at a young age, like some girls, 12, 13 years old, uh, men don't have that, you know, men don't have anything to really show them, Hey, now you're a man, you, you were a boy before immature. Now you're a mature man. There's nothing like that. And, and I think what, what really gets confused nowadays is like, at least this happened to me when I grew up is like, Oh, when you lose your virginity, people say you're a man. Now you become a man when you, when you get laid for the first time. And that could not be further from the truth at all. Because I remember when I, you know, a little personal story, when I lost my virginity, I remember thinking to myself, like, that was cool. That was great. But am I any different as a man? Like, do I, do I actually possess any more leadership? Do I have any more value? Do I have any more skills? Do I have any like capabilities that I can now teach others do i have anything different about myself nothing like not i mean i maybe knew how to talk to a girl a little bit better but that was about it so there's there's not this this stigma of like the, the more women you sleep with is like the more increase of value that you have as a man it's just a straight lie so i think that what what is important to do because there isn't any from what i know any like institutional thing that that helps guys go through this i would say find something that you're doing or find something that you want to do that's very very difficult very very hard and just do it and like kyle like, like you were saying if it's a tough mutter do that if it's a a 5k sign up for that train like train your body to to, to prepare for something like that if it's a, a fight for example you want to learn how to fight you want to get in the ring like even that something is a great great challenge challenge is the epitome of masculine energy and when you can introduce more challenge into your life you just grow that energy inside you, you feel more masculine because now you you have capabilities to to then handle a new a new challenge a new adversity things that are happening you have more you're more equipped to handle something so for me that was entrepreneurship and starting a business that was like the hardest thing i've ever had to do in my life, like nothing 
nothing comes close. Like this is still one of the hardest things I've ever had to do to start a business from scratch and figure it out and have and make it happen. Didn't have a whole bunch of guidance in the beginning. Didn't know what I was doing, but I had to go search for that stuff. So there is a, there is a level of initiation that has to happen. Even on the guy side, like you have to be proactive enough to want to seek out this challenge, to want to take that call of adventure, whatever that is to you. I mean, it's, it's unique, I think to every guy. Um, but you also have to know that that, path of least resistance is going to be the thing that that molds you into more of a capable more responsible man um, but you have to go through it even if it looks ugly honestly the the more challenging and the uglier probably the better because it's going to make you uh, the kind of guy that you need to be so yeah it's just very very underutilized today in society totally i i think uh so actually i got a question this is a pretty fun one so Obviously with, uh, with, um, especially news and everything like that, social media, there's like this hate on for masculinity. Right. And I think, I think whenever, whenever something goes one way, there's always going to be a counterbalance. So of course, so uh, there's like, uh, you have like really intense people, like let's say Andrew Tate, or you have liver King, or you got, um, Bedros Koulian is actually a good one. He's one of my favorites. To <laughs> I really admire uh, his work ethic and how he wants the best of people. Yeah. And uh, and obviously there there's like a solid chunk of people that are like really intense. Like they're on the intense side of it. Yeah. But why do people have a hate on for masculinity? Do you think? <laughs> well, there's. I think there's a couple different reasons for that. Um, one of the reasons could be just the fact that because we're living in a lot more of a like feminine narrative culture, especially in the West where, where women are given a ton of different like opportunities and, and different uh, uh, chances to, to grow and to just like, you know, kind of make them make themselves, uh, a better version of themselves, which is awesome. It's great. But like you said, there's a, there's a point I think where some of these movements like, like hardcore feminism and like all these different movements start to get a little bit toxic when there's too many people involved. And it's been around for quite, you know, quite some time. I think feminism started in like the sixties, I believe the sixties, seventies, um, somewhere around then, somewhere around there. I think it was a little bit earlier. Maybe, maybe, and in, like maybe like the ending of the fifties or something. Yeah, I'm also thinking like black and white pictures. Yeah, something like that. Don't, I'll fact check that later. But it's yeah. it's been around for quite a while, and I think what happened was originally the movement was to help women just vote, just to get them the right to vote, equal pay, equal opportunities. Everyone can agree that's that's an amazing thing, and that that needed to happen. But I think now what happened is sometimes they take, they took that and run with it where they, you know, they, they almost develop this like negative connotation with men, because I think it does come back to having negative experiences with men. So girls that grew up maybe without a father figure, girls that grew up maybe with a a weak father figure who didn't know how to take charge didn't know how to be a good leader. They then have a negative association with men altogether. So they start dating men that are like that. They attract more negative uh, men that are like that. 
and this idea is formed of, oh, well, men just must be toxic then. Men just must be negative. That's just how everyone is, right? So you, you kind of develop that um, that self-fulfilling prophecy of just finding the same kind of guys all the time, never really understanding, like, maybe, maybe sometimes you're the problem, like looking at taking some accountability in that situation. The common denominator. Exactly. Yeah. So... I think that's a big reason is 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 with feminism kind of pushing that and and women dealing with some guys that maybe weren't the greatest in the past. But um, you also kind of look at just what happens when men are not capable and when they're not leading with a good energy, with a holistic type of um, energy, trying to serve others, trying to actually be like a good force in in the world. Um it's like the saying, you know, hard times create, uh, no, what is it? Hard weak men create hurt. hard times, hard times create weak men or hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're kind of in the point now where we're in really good times, which in turn is making a lot of really weak men and men are being, like you said before, demonized or like, uh, uh guilted into being masculine or feeling shame for even feeling like they want to be a man, right. Or just have these traditional types of uh, beliefs. So that can cause a ton of different problems, which makes, you know, some people on the other side, even more intense, even more extreme, which then like you were saying before leads into like another counterpoint of the other side being even more intense and more extreme on the masculine side where you have guys like, um, Tate, who's I wouldn't even say Tate's like really the crazy, crazy extreme. I think he's he's the narrative around him is a lot more extreme, I think, than maybe he generally is. But that's a whole other conversation. But um, it still happens the other way. Like some guys get into like there's MGTOW. There's all these different movements. There's like hardcore like people in the red pill that just like mm. that bash women. And then they they're just the same. It's the same thing as like modern feminism, but just yeah. a different side of the coin. You know, so it's, it's really no different, but, um, it's, yeah, it's just a lot. I think it's a combination of a lot of things and, um, people have a negative association with, with manhood, but, um, I think a lot of it is just kind of, uh, you know, you make a man weak and you make a man incapable and, and you basically neuter him. It's, it's hard to really change like society from the inside out. You kind of have a lot more control from some, you know, some other powers that be mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, so let's say, let's say someone, someone's listening to this and they're like, ah, oh, mm. shit, I feel like, I feel like I'm one of those weak guys, which there's nothing wrong with like, if you feel in the moment or you view yourself as what you don't want to be, there is always an opportunity to change. At least in my, my opinion, uh, yeah. I've seen so many people change time after time in so many different ways that it, it, it just blows my mind. Like, uh, I want to, I'll, I'll go with more detail on this one, but when someone can, uh, go from prison to running their own business, mm -hmm. I think, I think that there's circumstances that are not exactly in our favor, but I also believe that it is not a lack of resources. I think it's a lack of resourcefulness. Yeah, because we have definitely. so much free information that's out there. So it's just so simple to like Google YouTube, find someone who is in the exact same situation as you that has accomplished what you want, and then mm -hmm. just learn from that person, right? Um, sure. But let's say there's someone that's like, 
in, in the spot that they don't want to be right now. Maybe they see themselves as a weaker version of themselves. There we go. I don't want to say weak man because I just don't want to reinforce a person's narrative. Like yeah. they're like, oh, they're talking to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Yeah. I, I I like I like people to feel empowered, encouraged, and to live with intention, to live on purpose and with purpose, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's say, for example, there's someone who's listening to their lesser self more often to their better than their higher self. Sure. Where where would you start with that person? Where would where do you think the journey starts for them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it starts with just awareness and and knowing that this voice is the one that's in control right now. It doesn't have to be, but it's definitely the loudest. So even kind of taking it a step further from that and realizing that strength, we talk about strength and weakness. I think the way that I like to break it down is weakness or or strength actually is, is weakness that you worked on basically. I don't know. I don't know a better way to put that, but like strength isn't just the absence of weakness. It's, having the the ability to work on your weaknesses to now build those into a strength. It's like the saying, you know, with, with evil and and good, like evil is just good done wrong. You know, it's not, it's like everyone inherently has goodness in them, but quote unquote, an evil person, just something went wrong along their way to kind of shift their belief system. Um, But they did have good intentions maybe at one point. Um, So I, I look at strength the same kind of way where it's not like people are just born strong and then people are born weak and there's nothing you could do about it. You could be a strong person and then turn into a weak person, or you could be a weak person, turn into a strong person. I think they both feed off of each other. Um, So if you are in that position right now, where maybe you're into bad habits, you're, you're not really loving your life right now. I feel like you're just physically maybe weaker. You want to get in the gym. Um, Just start with being aware of it and saying, this is a problem. This is something I need to fix and I'm going to go do the things that I need to do to fix it. And just realizing that that is something that is in your control. I think the the biggest issue is guys feel like a lot of that stuff that that's happening to them isn't in their power. It's not in their control. Mm-hmm. They think it's like, well, it's because of this person. It's because of this. It's because of that. And they don't take enough accountability to realize you can change your life literally today if you really wanted to. And you can start making those shifts and changes now. So it's being aware of it, number one, and then realizing that you are in control. You could change it at any point. It's just how bad you want to change it and and knowing why you want to change it as well. Mm, yeah, okay. That tying right into that one. Cause I think I think the why is very important. I think I think a why, well, Simon Sinek wrote a whole book about it, like start with why, which yeah. fantastic freaking book. I think I have it somewhere up there. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think um, how I actually define success and my wa- my definition of success, my why, and masculinity is all in one. And mm-hmm. so for me, for me, it's uh, and I'll actually I'll toss it your way after this one. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think that um, the pursuit of self mastery and being a positive contribution to the human race to be a savage servant is living a masculine well-intentioned existence. I think I think when we can master ourselves 
other people benefit when we are benefiting to the human race as a whole, we're the whole race benefits. And I think, uh, being the savage servant that one I got from Beatrice Koulian, I love the idea of being a savage servant. You can be a servant and you can be a savage at the same time. There doesn't have to be one or the other. I think Mm -hmm. this, I think, I think one thing that's irritating me with, uh, just the way that people believe things and the narratives with it is that there's only absolutes, there's yeah. only this or there's only that. And yep. then sometimes they view a this or that, like they view something and then they, there's something could be this and that, or it could be a spectrum of things. I think mm-hmm. once something can be introduced where it's in between this or that, like gray, then it becomes a spectrum. Then you can look at the color, like you can go from light all or white, white, the color white, all the way to the color black. And there's a whole bunch of things in between. So there's Mm -hmm. a spectrum, but I think like good and bad, I think there's like, there's a whole bunch of things, but I think, I think this absolutism uh, is something that's really uh, weighing on people's minds where they are putting too much pressure, where it's either they're failing or they're succeeding. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like if, if, it was a seven step program to get to whatever your desire is. We're just going to go with fitness. Like let's say it's seven steps to get to your body. And step number six was to fail. And then to get back to it was the next step. Would you stop at that step or would you continue? But instead of think, thinking like, oh, it's taking, oh, I failed. I may as well stop. Mm-hmm which is ridiculous because then what's the alternative? The alternative is you staying where you're at. And there's a reason why you wanted to change to begin with. Mm -hmm. So why not keep trying until it absolutely, there's like this thing where people are like, Oh, I've tried everything. It's like, no, 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 no. If you tried everything, you'd be exactly where you want to be. Yeah. (laughs) No way in hell that any of us are trying everything. Like that's Mm -hmm. absolute hogwash. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But yeah, what what do you what uh what role do you think a why plays in mm-hmm. someone's life? Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. I think it's another one of those things that people don't take enough time to think about of, of why they're even doing something. We're so focused on the what and the how, we sometimes forget even why. Like, why do we want that? Why do you want your dream body? Why do you want to be financially free? Why do you want to start a family? Why do you want a girlfriend? Like these things are questions you need to ask yourself because when the going starts to get really tough and you're in a challenging situation, or like you said, you fail. And that's another one. One of those things you have to all honestly, like consciously be aware of failure. Isn't uh, an exception. It's part of the it, part of the game. You're going to fail. There is no avoiding failure. There's no sidestepping adversity or challenge. Like it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So when that inevitably does happen, can you get back on the horse and be like, all right, I took a little back step. It's fine. I know why I'm chasing this. I know what I know the the bigger reason behind it. And I'm going to keep myself going. So I think your why is incredibly important um, when you're you're setting any kind of goal. Because when you're when you're doing something with just a, a weak reasoning, it's so easy to give up on yourself. Like if you, for example, will stick with fitness, if you want to get in the gym just because oh, I just want to look better, 
Well, you, you might go for a couple months and then give up because you, you notice, ah, well, there's a weekend or I cheated. I binged a little bit. I gained a little bit of weight back. And then you look on the scale, you're two pounds over. You're like, ah, fuck it. And uh, can I swear on this? Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, But yeah, you're on the scale and you're like, ah, well, screw it. I might as well just go back to eating this pizza. And uh, it's easy to give up on yourself when you're just doing it for really weak reasons. But if you had a, a, a larger reason for fitness, like maybe I want to be active well into my 50s, 60s. I want to be able to play with my future kids, future grandkids. I want to be around for them. You know what I mean? Like having a deep, compelling reason. Well, it's a lot easier to to get on the treadmill or to be a little bit more strict with your nutrition when you know exactly why um, being in shape is important. So I think it's huge. Um to know what your why is and and the more compelling the more emotionally compelling that reason is the stronger it'll be for you nice so what would be uh kind of like thinking of like a like a big big kind of goal or yeah. a big kind of a uh, vision what where would you want to see where would you want to see things to like progress uh how do how do you think how do you think how do you think the world as a whole can progress with what you're trying to do with your clients. Mm -hmm. Like how, how is the whole world going to benefit from your clients embodying the best version of themselves? They're freaking masculine. They're freaking drive They're They're like, why is all dialed in? Yeah. Um, and let, let's say like a hundred, a hundred of your clients from now, mm -hmm. How, how do you think those hundred clients are going to pay it forward and like help those around you? Like where, where is it like that you envision your client? What do you envision your clients doing for others in society, I guess, and their family and friends? For sure. No, I, I love this question because really it comes down to influence. And it's kind of what I was saying a little bit earlier is like when you help a uh, hundred people, for example, well, all those people have family, all those people have friends, all those people have you know, relationships that they eventually will get into, maybe not all of them, but you know, they, they interact with someone at, at, at some point in their day. So that's going to rub off on to the people that they interact with, which is going to rub off on then the next people they interact with. So it's just a trickle down kind of effect. And, you know, the biggest thing that I try to do is, is teach guys self-empowerment, you know, self-resiliency, self-accountability, um, really self-mastery, kind of what you were saying before. And when you have enough guys that are capable, that are strong, that are good leaders, that are masculine, it just makes the world, I think, a better place because that's continually like the history has shown us like the world has always benefited from men who are masculine, has always benefited from from women who are feminine. And that's that's never going to change. I think that's always kind of like ingrained in in human psychology, human biology. It's you know, billions for of years, billions and billions of years. And there's obviously there's exceptions. I'm not saying that that that's 100 percent the case, but for society to move forward in a productive way that doesn't just benefit men, doesn't just benefit women, but it benefits all of us as a whole. We have to know what our strengths are. We have to know what our roles are. And by knowing these things, it's like a company. You know, you want a company to run well. You have to have CEO is doing his thing. The the managers below him are doing their thing. The people below them are doing their thing. And it just works in a, a really great chain of command. So 
you know, you help men do that thing, it helps them kind of be the ones to to set that standard. Because I do believe men are 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 leaders. You know, we can really set the stage for for what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in society and in culture. So you have enough strong men that are that are willing to stand up and and do what's right and speak the truth. I just think that makes society invincible. I completely agree with that. So just because it, it it popped up and I was like, ooh, um, yeah. where? So you got the guys that are everything you described, they are just mm-hmm. wanting to pr- produce. They're really helping. Uh, now let's say like their, their affiliations, their friends, their family do not particularly support the changes, even though the person love loves the person that they're becoming. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a very, very different. It's a very, it's a whole different human being that they're becoming. I, right. I like to think of us as like characters. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're in a simulation, but I really like the idea <laughs> of simulation theory. Mm-hmm. And I think like I'm your NPC, you're my NPC, and we are our own avatars of this video game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So someone's becoming that character. They're not, they're not picking, they're not sticking with the character that they were left with because it was the last character on the table. Mm-hmm. It was actually, we have the opportunity to change that character. Right. Yeah. So, let's say your client is changing the character. They're changing the narrative. They're developing themselves and their affiliations may not support them so much. How, how do you, how do you personally deal with that? How do you get your clients to deal with that? Mm -hmm. Well, I I do. I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because that is a very real thing that can happen. Um, I've had experience even in my own life, just people that maybe didn't really jive with what I wanted to do or, was promoting or didn't really understand exactly what I was trying to do. And the way that I like to do it, or the way I like to describe it is kind of like a train, right? So if you're on your tracks, you're, 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 you're plotted towards your destination. You're going where you got to go. Now there's obviously going to be stops throughout the, the journey. Maybe you stop at this station, this little location over here, this station, people are going to get on board. People are going to get off. People are going to get on. People are going to get off. So my, my mindset around that is you're the train, you're the conductor, you're going where you need to go. The people that are passengers, you have no control whether they support you, whether they don't support you, they like you, they don't like you, agree with you or not. You're still going where you got to go. If people want to join you, that's totally fine. If they don't want to join you, that's okay too. You know, you're, you're not, you're not forcing anybody to, to, to conform to your beliefs and what you're trying to do. Um, but you just naturally attract those kind of people that are on the same vibe, same energy. Um, if, if they're truly aligned with what you're, what you you're doing. So I would say if people don't agree with you or they don't, they don't support what you're trying to do, even if they're close to you, like they could be family, they could be somebody very close to you. You can love them, but you can love them from a distance and you don't have to involve them essentially with the process and you don't have to talk about it with them all the time. You know, you can kind of just do your thing and um, not saying to avoid them, but limit your time with people that don't promote the person that you're becoming. If they're reinforcing the person that you don't want to be, probably not the best to spend a lot of time with them. I think something's interesting with uh, us changing because I think everyone changes. And oh, yeah, like I think a lot of people just try to maintain the status quo and I think that in right. itself kind of uh, sets us up for misery just in itself yeah. because it's like 
it, it's like if we're not strivers for someone it's like everyone being like neutral and yeah. with that neutrality there is there's no winning there's no losing but there's also no winning yeah for sure and i think uh i think something that really helps with the affiliations at least is when people are or at least when it comes to um boundaries when it comes to chatting yeah. with the affiliations that may not encourage the growth that you're going through mm-hmm. i think it's it's always good to remind ourselves that they are viewing us as we were yeah they're exactly. not viewing viewing us as we are mm-hmm. and what what happens with that is if we don't set the boundaries and we say hey you know what like I know it was like that before. I'm really working on not being like that anymore. So let's say, for example, if it was uh, like my affiliations, thankfully are like freaking solid, like rock solid. Like my, mm. my freaking peeps are just awesome. Like awesome. Because this year is the challenge where I'm just doing no alcohol mm. and I like to drink. So <laughs> everyone's always offering me drinks. So mm. it's always good for me to say no. And they never really, they ask questions out of curiosity which I'm, which is how I narrate it, because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, people just keep on asking me why I don't drink, and it's just annoying. It's like they're just curious. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just answer it? Yeah. But um, I think I think being able to set that boundary, saying, hey, you know what? Like, I know I know that you're well intentioned, like buying me a shot, but I just don't want to have it right now. Uh, I hope that you can res- please respect my boundary. I really appreciate it, but I'm just gonna say no. Yep how how big of a role or no 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 not how big of a role because that's a big role but how 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 do you how do you think um do you think people lack boundaries and they're not very specific with their boundaries and then that's where they find themselves in a sewer cycle oh yeah most definitely i think as you were even saying that i was thinking of, of that exact phrase like men that are men that have weak boundaries just you just get walked over you know, you know, whether it's PC to say or not, like, you know, nice guys generally do finish last because they don't have the, the uh, assertiveness to be like, Hey, like that's not okay with me. And you don't have to be a dick about it. There's nothing. I think people get this weird connotation that you have to be this like ultra aggressive person to set boundaries. You really don't have to. I mean, you can, you can really uh, be polite about it. You could be giving about it just as kind of the way you described it. Say, Hey, look, I appreciate it, but that's going to be a no for me, or I can't make it out tonight. I'm busy with work or, you know, I don't want to go out to, to the bars. I'm actually trying to live a little bit healthier communication, such an important piece when you're, you know, establishing boundaries, especially because you could do it first with yourself and you you're, you're good on your boundaries. You know what your limitations are, but then there's going to be that temptation coming from friends, from family, from whoever you're going to have to communicate to them in a level that's respectful, but also assertive enough to say, this isn't really what I want to partake in anymore. So I think there's a lot of people with weak boundaries. I think that's one of the reasons that, that men can get, you know, a lot of the thing in in the red pill community, they say men get like manipulated by women or men get used in relationships and this and that. A lot of that is because men have weak boundaries. I'm not saying all, but a lot do. And I think when you can really establish yourself and understand these are the principles that I live by, these are my standards, these are what I do tolerate, and these are the things that I don't tolerate. 
you know, when you have that clear indication in life, it's, it's really, really easy to set in boundaries. Um, cause now you know what, what you're willing to be involved with and what we're, and what you're not. So you have to have that list of, of boundaries and you have to be able to communicate that to people. If, you know, sometimes if they cross your boundaries, you have to kind of, you have to set that, that line in the sand. Yeah. Nice. I, I love that. Uh, Something, something I think let's want to chat about this one. Cause I think it'd be kind of important because mm-hmm. I think um, there's not enough people that are actually talking about how to communicate those boundaries. Yeah. Uh, something I would say right off the bat, that'd be, that's super, super simple mm-hmm. is a simple, I'm good. Thanks for, yeah. let's say it's a gesture, like an offer, like an offer of like, do you want alcohol? Do you want a candy? Do you want popcorn? Do you want this, mm-hmm. that do you want whatever is incongruent with where you want to go? is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I I think with that one, it's like, I'm good. Thanks is I'm good. You're showing gratitude for the gesture and thanks is establishing that you are content with where you are in this present moment. Mm -hmm. Do you, what do you think are some good way, like ways to uh, basically just bring up the conversation or talk about those boundaries in a way that one, someone can feel, I think no matter what, it's kind of awkward at first, but where one, they can feel as comfortable as possible saying it to someone else. Yeah. Because we always, it's always worse in anticipation than it ever is in reality. Like people want to support us in where we're going. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So how, how, how would you recommend starting that conversation? Like, let's say it's like a significant other. Mm-hmm. I think that would be something that's common family. Let's say family get togethers. Yeah. I, I think, I think something that's like really, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's go mm-hmm. with that. What do you think would be a great way to start those conversations? Like start those difficult conversations, not even difficult conversations, but like those conversations of boundaries and really establishing them. How do, how do you go about that? What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think you have to really understand that every single human being has the need to be heard and appreciated. So once you can establish that, I think you're solid. So kind of like to, to jump off of your example, if you're at a family get together and somebody offers you a beer and you just want to quit alcohol that year or even that month or whatever, um, you do have to acknowledge first, I hear what you're saying. I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to have to decline. Mm -hmm. So I I forget what book I read this in, but they talked about uh, what they called a a compliment sandwich. So you start with a compliment, you get to the hard, the hard truth or that boundary, you end it with a compliment afterwards. So that could sound like, Hey, listen, I appreciate it. I, I don't, I'm actually not going to be drinking uh, this at this party today, but maybe some other time. But thanks, though. And you end it with a positive intention or a positive compliment at the end. So you're thanking them, showing that you hear what they're saying, you appreciate what they say, but you're also establishing a boundary without sounding like a complete dick. You know, you're also being respectful of, of what they're saying. And even if they look at you funny and they say, well, why not? What's wrong? Like, you could still just keep keep hammering that that point home um, and just, again, being as long as you're maintaining your frame of being respectful, of being cool and calm and collected, then the other person's going to eventually be like, OK, fine, whatever. But if you lose your cool and you're like, no, like I can't drink to the no, like, like you start losing yourself and get emotional. Well, that's going to trigger people and it's going to get everyone all like just the, the way that you lead that energy is going to is going to translate to how that other person reacts to you 
So as long as you're cool about it and you're calm and you're, you're grounded in, in, in your boundaries, mm-hmm. then uh, it makes it a lot easier. Nice. I like that. Um, so something, something that popped up on that one. So fear, fear in moments when we're feeling fearful, mm-hmm. some people like, let's say, for example, someone is fearful to talk about their boundaries to someone else. Yeah. And then, so they try to talk about their boundaries. And then what happens is someone asks why, and then because of that anticipation, that fear, they actually respond with aggression. Yeah. (laughs) In a situation where someone has that immediate sense of fear, or they want to, like, they want to like snap back quick, whether it's like out of fear, uh, aggression, whatever. Yeah. How do you, what do you, what do you think is a good way to increase the space in between the stimulus and the response? Mm -hmm. So how, how is it that you dial, dial back the initial feel, ponder, and then respond in an appropriate manner? So, cause we're Mm -hmm. perceiving, we're perceiving things more often than what's in reality. That's for sure. Yeah. I would honestly just to, to keep it simple, just breathe. Like, just take a second before you respond. Like, if you just have to and then literally, like, say what you have to say. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with just taking that space for yourself and just do because I've, I've had to do that actually in my life a couple times where so I did something and someone questioned me. And, you know, you get those feelings rallying up and I start to be like, well, why is he questioning me? What? Like, I don't have to explain myself like. And this, this always happens, you know, when, uh, especially when you're trying to do something that's outside of what people deem as normal or what's, what's accepted. Um, you kind of have to just catch yourself and realize that they're not even doing it because of you. It's, it's mostly just because of the perception of that thing that you're doing or not doing. So sticking with that same example, not drinking at a party that is typically deemed as like, a little strange because people don't associate like being at a party without drinking. It's just kind of socially accepted that way. So when people are questioning, it's not even because they're, they're, they're questioning you per se. They're just questioning the activity because they're like, well, I'm drinking, I'm doing this. Why aren't you doing this? And people are, you know, we're, we're, uh, um, tribalistic, people by nature we we like to fit in we like to do things everybody else is doing sometimes unconsciously so sometimes they'll ask you that stuff if it's especially not um socially acceptable they'll be like what's up with that so just even if that happens just take some time just like you can breathe just take a space and then just respond you don't have to react you can respond because there there is a difference if you react it's more emotional responding is more logical yet you took time to actually think about what you wanted to say um, and just realize it's not coming from a negative place. Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it can be. But um, yeah, as long as you're leading that that energy and you're responding in a good way, then they'll, they'll kind of follow that lead. Yeah, that's totally fair. I like that. Sweet, my man. Well, there's a solid chunk of questions that I'd uh, answer or question questions that i asked that i have no longer questions for but i got two left for you nice so first one it's the end of your life Mm. you're on your deathbed everything that you've created 
on your YouTube channel, the sophisticated man is gone forever. You only have three truths to give. What are your three truths? Mm. Damn, that's a deep one. Uh, three truths. Hmm. I have to think about that one. I would say... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We can make us more specific. What are your three truths for the men that come after you? Yeah. Yeah, man. I would say... I'd say number one, know that you have greatness in you. Like know you have the power. Um, whatever you're searching for, you know, whatever you're trying to accomplish in life, understand that it is in there. You do have the capabilities. You do have the ability to do something like that, but it might be a knowledge gap, might be a skill gap, might be an experience gap, but it's still there. And truly, I believe, you know, whatever you really put your mind to, you can achieve. And if it is something you feel passionate about, then it's something that you can obviously follow through with and, and make it happen. So that's, that's, I think one is you do have the power. Um, number two. Hmm. Yeah. Just to kind of carry over what we were talking about, just don't be afraid of challenge, you know, um, challenge in life is it's honestly what makes life that much more fulfilling like you know how boring it'd be if everything was always just smooth and always like always good always no problems no issues we get very bored very quickly so kind of even being grateful for the challenges that life gives you um unique to yourself i mean we all have different things going on um just be grateful for them and understand that they're they're there for a reason they're there to shape you they're there to help you they're there to teach you um and and lean into those challenges because that is that's what's going to help you kind of get to that next level of, of your development and um number three hmm. um i'd say for three Realize that everything that you do say or create in life is going to affect someone else. And that could literally, that could be anything. Like I'm talking about business. I'm talking about your conversations with people, your relationships. Like it's going to influence somebody, whether you know it or not. Like someone is always watching and you might feel like you're, you're not the center of attention. You might feel like nobody's watching or listening. Trust me when I say this, someone is, um, they might not tell you, they might never tell you, you might never know what someone is actually taking away from you, but there's always someone who's looking at you the same way we look at our idols or the people that we admire. There's always someone who looks at you that exact way. And again, you might never know, they probably might, they probably might never tell you that either, but um, just understand that and understand that you are setting the example for someone. 
it, it could be, and it doesn't matter who it is. Um, so always, you know, show up in the best way that you can be, um, be good to people, do what's right, tell the truth, um, and just continue to make the world a better place. Nice. I like that. Uh, before getting into the final question, where do people find you? So if you just type in my brand name, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm on all three platforms. So if you just type in the sophisticated man, you'll find me on all three. Nice. So final question. This is going to be a fun one. What does it mean to you to live a limitless life? Yeah. To live a limitless life, I think is just to, to live at your edge. I think it's uh, the ability to kind of to have an idea about something and then creating that in real life, having that manifest and then just going for it. Like if you have a dream, you have a vision, you have something that you you want to accomplish. It's just being able to to think about it and then go do it. So being limitless to me is is kind of just having the ability to to be a doer and a thinker, you know, at the same time, like you have a vision, you have things that you want, but then you go apply those things in life. So being limitless, I think is, uh, is the combination of, of thought and action. Mm. I like that last little bit. That's a good one. The combination of thought and action. I like that. And that's mm. limitless. <clears throat> yeah. I like that quite a bit. Well, my man, thank you so much for being a guest on this show. I appreciate you a ton. For those of you that are listening, be sure to follow The Sophisticated Man at various platforms wherever you go. Uh, for myself, Warrior Body Kyle is on my Instagram. Warrior Body Transformation is basically anywhere. Or Warrior Body Kyle for the most part. Um, and outside of that, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let me know what you think below. Outside of that, I hope you have yourself a fantastic day, a fantastic week, fantastic year, and I hope your day treats you as good as you look. Have a good one. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Before you go, I would like to ask a small, small favor from you, and that would be to subscribe wherever you are listening to this. If it's on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. If it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, click subscribe so you will get more of these podcast episodes. It would mean the world to me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And while you're at it, if you could share this episode with a friend, that would be amazing. Thank you very much, and I'll chat with you later.